Just a friendly reminder that if you wish to support the ministries of this podcast or of the local church in which I serve, you may send any donations to 563 East Main Street in Philadelphia, Mississippi, 39350, care of Henry's Chapel, UMC. So, this morning's text is possibly one of the most familiar texts in all of Scripture. It comes from the Gospel of John in the third chapter. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 17, which includes the most well-known scripture of all time, John three sixteen. But before we dive in, the Gospel of John has this tendency to divide things into two very distinctive categories, whether it be spirit and world, darkness and light, life and death, truth and wickedness, those that believe, those that don't believe, these divisions find themselves reflecting a choice presented throughout the scriptures. We see the choice at creation, whether it be that Adam and Eve will choose life in the garden or death outside of the garden. Or, or when we look at Noah and we say he has the choice of life on the ark or death in the flood. Life, Moses with life through the exodus or death in the sea. And even in Matthew 25, when we see the idea of the sheep and the goats, we ultimately are seeing an invitation to choose between life and death. That same choice that was presented to Adam and Eve in Genesis 2, to the Israelites by Moses in Deuteronomy 30, and it is the same one that we once again hear raised in the Gospel of John. As we hear these words from John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, where it says this, that the Pharisee that a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these things that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answers him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Now Nicodemus said to him, But how can one be born after having grown old? One cannot enter a second time into a mother's womb, can it? And Jesus answers, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished what I say to you. You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus looks and says to him, how can this be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things that you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So there's this discussion with Nicodemus that takes place. And it takes place at night, the night immediately following the turning of the table incident in the temple. And so the Jewish leaders are upset and frustrated with Jesus. And Nicodemus comes as one of those Jewish leaders. He's a Pharisee, but Nicodemus is also coming convinced that by, by Jesus' actions that he is a teacher who has come from God. And he comes forth proclaiming what he knows. And Jesus' response is, that isn't enough. You must be born from above. You, you, you need to see, in order to see God's kingdom, you must be born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus doesn't understand. Nicodemus, like many people, comes and he's curious about his faith, but he's perhaps unwilling to take this plunge. And Nicodemus is on this journey. He's saying, I, I think I know. This is what I know. And Jesus says, but you need more. And Nicodemus is on a journey. First, we see him here in John 3 coming and questioning in the night. But in, in John 7, we see at the end of John 7, beginning in verse 45, that the temple police went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why did you not arrest him? Talking about Jesus. And the police answered, never has anyone spoken like this. And when the Pharisees replied, surely you have been deceived too, have you? Or you haven't been deceived too, have you? Has any of one of the authorities of the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, which does not know the law, they are accursed. And this is Nicodemus comes and he says, who had, this is the one who had gone to Jesus before and who was one with them asked, our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they're doing, does it? So, so Nicodemus in John 7 is willing to stand up and come to Jesus' aid, if you will. But in John 19, we also see Nicodemus. We see Nicodemus at the burial of Jesus after Joseph of Arimathea uh, goes and, he's, and they're burying him. It says in, verse, in chapter 19, verse 39, that Nicodemus, who was at first come to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. And so Nicodemus, throughout the, the Gospel of John, is on this journey. That he comes at night seeking understanding, but at John's, in John 7, he is willing to stand up for Jesus. And even in John 19, he's willing to stand with Jesus as Jesus is crucified. The journey leads him from this darkness to light, and we are on the same journey of faith. This echoes the call that we hear from Jesus over and over of repentance, this call to move from darkness to light. This is the, the struggle that we all hear as we heard at the end of our text this morning, that we don't want to go into the light because we would rather stay in the darkness. We would rather hide our imperfections, our hypocrisies, and our sin. But Jesus calls us to change our hearts and our lives towards God. Jesus' words should not be mistaken as some theological discord on one God and three persons. Instead, what Jesus is challenging Nicodemus 
to do is to move from theory to practice, from knowledge to faith, from curiosity to commitment, from this point of head knowledge to heart knowledge, from saying, I know this, to actually living it out. Because when one obeys God's commands, that is when they live a life to the fullest. And when they do not, that is what leads to death. Nicodemus comes to Jesus saying, I know. And Jesus says, you have no idea. Jesus immediately begins to undo Nicodemus' certainty of who he is. No one can see anything clearly about God and God's kingdom, Jesus tells him, without being born from above. Now, this idea of born of above and below are directional signifiers, but they also signify alternate worldviews. If you were above something, you have a different view. If you were below it, you have a different view, and it's an alternative life. Unless a person is born into the worldview of God, that person cannot see the kingdom or even enter it. God's life comes into this world, into the world's darkness. And we hear this in John chapter 1. From the very beginning, John points to this. In chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. That was what was what has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. You see from the very beginning that Jesus is the light. He comes to shine a light into the darkness, and the same happens here. He's shining a light onto the darkness of Nicodemus's what he thinks to be true. It read against this backdrop of Nicodemus's nighttime visit. John 3.16 becomes this fulfillment of the response to him. And people like him, and perhaps even to us, those people who believe they know Jesus and who, came, and who come to him. But they're not coming to be turned upside down by his holy newness. Instead, they're coming seeking to understand or be affirmed, to be settled, to say, God, just tell me what I think is right. And that's what Nicodemus is doing. He's coming to Jesus saying, this is what I know. And Jesus goes, nope, you have no idea. This passage is about realizing that rather than our faith resting on our own knowledge, it is in fact the the idea that we are known by God that it gives us the ability to have such faith. We are drawn into through this relationship, into the mystery that is beyond our own understanding and our wisdom. We We will never fully understand God. I'm reminded of my first day in seminary when I was sitting in a class and the professor said, give me, give me words to describe God. And as, a, as good seminarians, the class began to rattle off terms such as love, grace, mercy, hope, goodness. And we kept going. And then the professor, after about five, ten minutes, stopped us and said, all right, now let's shrink this list to three. And I, I remember raising my hand thinking I had all the knowledge and wisdom in the world. And I said, with all due respect, sir, I cannot do that. And he said, well, why not? And I said, because if you can define your God in three words and your God is too small, I thought I had it all figured out. And as I continued throughout my seminary, I came to realize that the man in which I had just said this to was the dean of students. 
And I began to realize that what our, he was really trying to get us to do was to understand just a portion. That we speak in all these grandiose terms, and the, and the reality is, is even in those small terms, we don't understand them fully. And this is what I started to realize is that I thought I had a firm grasp on who God was. And as I went through my seminary training, I began to realize I had no idea. And this is what is happening with Nicodemus. He is being drawn into that mystery that is beyond him. Jesus picks up on the words and concepts that are introduced by Nicodemus, those ideas of that he under that he what he does understand and begins to shape and form him through this. He turns the conversation towards deeper truth. He says, you you understand this, but what about this? This is what it truly means. And he dives deeper past that surface level tension. Jesus shifts the conversation from the smallness of Nicodemus' view to the largeness of a life in God. From the signs on which Nicodemus and others base their hope to the invisible mystery of the Spirit, which can give birth into truth that he is missing. It is that understanding, that relationship with the Spirit that pulls us deeper into our understanding of who God is and what God is doing. This text draws into question the foundation of our faith in Jesus Christ. How can we be assured of our faith claims? Will miraculous signs or visible proofs, extraordinary events, supernatural accomplishments, or fantastic phenomena be the basis of our faith? So often we say, God, I believe, but I need you to provide a sign. And This is that Nicodemus type faith. I've seen it, so therefore I believe it. But the, through relationship with Jesus Christ, Nicodemus comes out of the darkness of, of his life of religiosity, and Nicodemus comes into the light of the world, seeking the truth and understanding of God. God helps us when we have faith, but God is seeking for us to have faith in more than just our doctrine, more than just what we claim to know. But God is saying, I want to be in relationship. When we develop, God help us when we develop head faith with no heart. Oh Lord, help us to bring to light those things that we do not know. Help us to continue to grow in wisdom of you and to live out that wisdom as we continue to seek and have a more robust understanding of who you are and what you are doing in our midst. When we become too sure of what we know about Jesus, when we believe that we have grasped him at last, that is when we can perhaps expect to be undone, just like Nicodemus was. That undoing, that, that overturning of our, certain, of our certainty, if we allow it to, can lead us to experience anew the birth from above into eternal life. Which, as we have discussed in the past, has nothing to do with what we know or what we are. It has nothing to do with living forever, but it has to do with living the fullness of life because we have, are not simply born it has nothing to do with what we know or what we are any more than our birth from our mother's womb did. But it is a gift of life from the heart of our Father, breathing the Spirit over us, through us, and in us, opening our eyes to the Son, our Teacher, who is lifted up on the cross to draw all people unto Himself, that we may have everlasting life, and that we may begin to grow and understand His lesson of love. Amen. 
Amen.